This is a Lawful Stupid RPG production. Hail and well met, and welcome to Dragonlance Echoes of Kryn, Dragons of the Hidden Flood, a D&D podcast presented by Lawful Stupid RPG. This podcast is an actual game of 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, played by a group of friends, professional performers, and voice actors with a passion for role-playing, improvisational storytelling, and dice rolling. We'll begin in just a moment, but first, our players. Hello, I'm Jade, and I'm one of the founders of Lawful Stupid RPG. I've been a huge Dragonlance fan since the beginning, and producing this podcast has been a dream come true for me. I will be playing the dwarf of the party named Farin, and I hope the stories we tell sparkle in your hearts like the brightest gems Ryok's ever dreamed of. I am Panda. I am a Twitch streamer who goes by the username Cirque Panda, And I'm playing Tealy Tumblewood, your resident kender who will try only a little bit not to annoy you. Howdy, my name is Samus. I am a professional opera singer and I am playing the mysterious and slightly grumpy one-armed archer who calls himself Onweir. Hello, I am Chael, and I am not an opera singer, and I will be playing Blip with her awesome animal companion, Dinner, the amazing barbarian duo. Greetings, I'm Chops. I'm a Vegas showman as well as a ghost hunter, and I'll be playing Lassa, a half-elven wizard who will prove his worth to the world. Hello, I am Lindsay Rousseau. I am a voice actor and host of the rollout on YouTube. And I am playing Manto Bubulina, who has a dark secret that only my best friend Blip knows. And I'm Mr. Eager DM. I'm here to guide and to follow. Now, I invite you all to step with me into fantasy. And for our time together, let imagination rule. Last time, the adventurers engaged in battle with a group of deadly assassins intent on causing harm to the Imperial family. As the Theatral Spire Auditorium continues to burn around them, they do their utmost to eliminate their foe and escape before they succumb to the heat and smoke. Back to the top of the order with Teely. So just for my head, What's going on around me right now? You are on the stage. There is a trapdoor right behind you. To either side of you, there are softly glowing blue lights for the backstage. It looks like a lamp that has some sort of blue glass on the outside of it that is creating a soft glow. Glancing around very quickly, there are curtains in the back corners of the back of this stage area, which look like they might lead to a different area. In fact, as you watch, you see a guard and another one of these shadowy figures come bursting through the curtain to the back right of this theater, or what would actually be upstage left if you are, in fact, in the theater business. Looking out into the audience, you see flames licking up and smoke collecting at the top of the auditorium. 
Most of the audience seems to have fled. The only ones who remain in the actual audience are more of these shadowy figures who seem unperturbed by the fire. They are using it to light arrows and firing up into various other spots of the theater. Some of them firing them at those of you on stage as well. You have a dead or dying assailant right next to you after having taken care of them. And it is now your turn. What do you do? I keep my focus towards the center of the seating area down the pathway where I can see the two assassins are. And I'm going to take my hoopak, reload it with another kind of rock stone and begin to swing it around, making that ghostly eerie sound again. And I'm going to try and hit one of them. Oh, that's pretty good. That's a 23 to hit. All right, that is in fact a hit. So you whirl your hoopak and out goes a rock. It streaks across the stage, landing thwack right in the center of one of these fellows' foreheads. What is your damage? That is five bludgeoning damage. He grunts and you see him glare up at you as a trickle of blood runs down over his mask. And I will say... I will turn to Anweer, who just complimented my performance. And just a quick question. Is it visible that he only has one arm? I do my best to hide it under the cape. It's not something that I show readily or often. Okay. That said, I would say that in the midst of combat, if uh, what is your passive perception, Teely? 14. 14. Onweer, unless you have specifically made a tremendous effort to hide this fact during all this, I'm going to say that with a 14 passive, Teely probably has noticed, if she's had time to notice. I wouldn't hide it. I would, with the intensity of the combat, that's not something I would be straining to protect. All right, so out of the corner of your eye, Teely, as the chaos of all this is unfolding, you do make a mental note. That fellow only has one arm. All right, and I will look towards him and say, you know, I got served by a one-armed waiter the other day. Y you have to hand it to him. And I will give you bardic inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. Well, you, you, you could do a D6 with that oh, well, no, at I, some I, point later you. on. <laughs> good, good, thank you. Thank you for explaining. Anything else, Teely? Uh, no, that is the end of my turn. Thank you. That brings us to Manto. I am not happy with how I have been swinging this absolute rubbish, rubbish prop sword of mine, and I greatly miss my sword that I use in the fighting pits. But I am very determined to kill this assassin who is in front of me, who I've been trying to kill for the past few rounds here. And bolstered by the appearance of Blip beside me, I'm going to take a swing at him with this rubbish sword. And that's a crit. Nice. Oh, well, okay. Manto, I was about to say that you couldn't help but notice that when the assassin fell behind you dead, there was a clattering sound and a short sword has fallen okay. out of his hand. So if you would like to put a different weapon in your hand, then feel free. But Lovely. I don't know, a natural 20 on that club hit. Maybe you want to keep that club. Yes. 
Uh, so I am going to roll damage here. And I max damaged. Wow, this is a great start to the game. <laughs> this is the best it's going to get all game, guys. It's, it's going to be all ones after this. Give me your dice. <laughs> so that is 19 points of damage. Oh, good lord. For our listeners who may have missed previously, Manto has missed like the past three attacks. Well, you make up for it now as you swing this club around. It catches the assailant clearly on the side of his head and knocks him down flying 10 feet before he slides to a stop at the foot of the steps leading up to the stage, unmoving. There's no way he could have survived that incredible blow. Was this assassin also carrying a short sword or did he have anything nicer? He also was wielding a short sword. He also has a quiver that has 10 arrows in it and a short bow on his back. Wonderful, because all of my stuff was taken from me when I came here. I will pick up the short sword and the quiver to be prepared for what might come next. I know there's fire here, but am I able to take any sort of cover behind the seats? Short answer, yes. You can take cover beside the seats. However, as you move closer, the fire is getting hot. Okay. If you are to stay there, it's likely you're going to be taking damage from that, but it would provide you with cover. Uh, yes, I know. I would not like to do that. However, I will just move back here and, and I'm going to crouch down. So at least these assassins that are in the middle do not have a direct line of sight on me. All right. In order to do that, that means you're going prone, which means then if you want to get up from being prone on your next turn, it's going to be half your movement. Wait, so crouching is prone? Yes. In order for you to have benefit of cover so that they can't hit you, you would have to go you have to go prone. I see. I see. So we have two in the center, the one that is on the far side of the seating area. Are those the only three left? There appears to be one in the far backstage corner. And you're right. Looking across the auditorium, you see three in the auditorium. One is similar to where you are right at the beginning of the seats. And then there are two that are standing where the musicians were playing their instruments during the opera. Okay. You know what? I'm not going to go prone, but I am going to stand. I believe I am still within. Yes. I am with attack distance of them. Okay. And that is where I am going to end my turn. And I will give a rousing shout of joy at seeing Blip here. My friend, I am so glad you have returned. We need you. I jump up and down in excitement. I help. <laughs> that brings us to the assassin's turn. One drops his short bow and comes running towards you, Blip pulling out a short sword to slash at you. He has rolled a 14. That does not hit. <laughs> does not hit. You jump out of the way. The other one takes a bead on Teely with his short bow. No. Hitting AC 11. That does not hit. All right. You dodge out of the way of that. The one who is on the other side of the theater runs forward and vaults up onto the stage. Then he draws his bow and arrow and fires at Jarvan. He has hit with a 22, but as he fires, Tulian stands in the way of Jarvan and takes the arrow instead. 
grabs Jarvan, pulls him behind him by the red cloak he is wearing, dressed up as he is as a red wizard. And the arrow sticks into his body. Barely sticks into his body, I should say, doing only two points of damage. And then the last assassin misses the guard in the back right-hand corner. I forgot about the people outside. Right, so Farron, you are dealing with two that one of them is extremely wounded, having been hit by both you and Lhasa, I believe. Lhasa shot him with a spell. He strikes at you with his scimitar, hitting AC 16. Hit. Seven points of slashing, oh dear. That's not good. Hold, hold. Oh. As that slash begins to come over, I grip the sides of my head and I cry out, Farron, Farron, step to the side, please. I've seen it before, I'm sure of it. And he'll take a five on that roll. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. Lhasa, using his abilities as a divination mage, sees an alternate possibility, Farron, and the very last second you step aside as the blow fails to land. Oh, it misses, nice. He does, misses completely. The other one comes forward to attack you as well. This one hits AC 11. Hits. AC 11 hits, oh dear. Yep. You're doing two points of slashing damage. Okay. That is their turn. Now, Tulian Haxos takes his charge and moves to the back of the theater and stands in front of Jarvan with his sword out, looking around wild-eyed. He is going to hold an action that is going to bring us to blip. All right. After being uh, charged with that dagger, I will grab my table leg and brandish it as fearlessly as I can and charge forward and try to hit the assassin right in the knees. Okay. Is a 22 hit. I should say it does. Awesome. Uh, side note, for the damage for the table leg, do you want me to roll damage with the maul or I have my unarmed? So it's not really a maul. This is a, a, a club. club. So a club is 1d4. Okay. I got the club and I'll roll for damage. That is six damage and he gets a splinter from it. Right. Oh, more than a splitter. (laughs) The enemy who is right there in front of you, Blip, he takes six points of damage. And as it turns out, that is how many hit points he has left as he was already struck by Teely's Hoopak Sling. He crumples at your feet, dead. I jump up and down excited. Manto! Manto! Look! He died! Very well done, my friend. Very well done. I will immediately loot him. (laughs) All right, so you get down and begin to go through his corpse. Because gully dwarves. (laughs) It's beginning to get a little hot right there, but... I thought I was the kender here. What? Greed knows no race. Lhasa. Knowing the importance of my master's words, I simply call out to Farron, please stay close, my friend. We have to get to him and run my way around the staircase, which is in flames. 
and get a better look at the situation ahead of me. Coming around the corner from the lobby, entering into the auditorium, you see this remains of the spell your master Aranathus cast. There is a thick coat of frost on the ground right at the entrance. Your breath begins to steam in the air, incongruous with the flames that you see all around you, the air extremely unnaturally cold from the magic. You can see a couple of frozen solid bodies of individuals that look like assassins that were caught in the spell, but it has cleared the path of flames for you. And you are now able to see inside, see the various enemies that are dwindling, but you also see on stage the familiar figure of Anwir. Seeing these figures gathered around the stage, the assassin who has taken position on the edge of the stage, how is he looking? Quick glance, he doesn't appear to be wounded. Hmm. Well, this is something for which I cannot stand. And so I will place my hands together like kindling a small fire and once again. Oh, spark, awake an ember and become flame. And I blow out another roiling ball of fire towards the success. All right, roll your attack. Let us see. Oh. That is 19 on die, so that will give us a 24. Very nice. And that'll be 10 damage. 10 damage, goodness. So a blast of fire shoots out from the audience. It creates a bit of a whistling sound as it lances into the assailant climbing up onto the stage. As it does, he stumbles and then stands, but barely. Anything else from you, Lhasa? That will be all. Anwir. Seeing the bolt of fire come from the back of the theater, I look to the origin, and again, I am shocked to see my companion wield such force. But I only take a moment to register his skills and his abilities, and I shake my head briefly, and I look back at Tulian and I say, the trap door, take him under. I will follow shortly. And I will step forward and attack the assassin that was just hit by the firebolt with my short sword that I have stolen. You come running up to the assassin, still reeling, still smelling of brimstone as he pats out the flames on his clothes. But as he sees you coming, he deftly rolls to the side and your sword smashes into the stage, having missed him with an 11. I will stay engaged with him. Uh, I will keep my movement, or I will stop my movement so I stay next to him and put myself between him and Tulian and the Emperor's son. Very well. Farron. Right. I look to the two assassins that tried to start strike me, and I waver the longsword at them uh, very clumsily. You're lucky. Uh, I'd run if I were you. And I will disengage. Okay. Run after uh, Lhasa. All right. You juke one way and then back the other, and they're caught off step as you run towards your new half-elven friend. 
Just want to double check your speed there, Farron. Uh, 50. You have 50 speed? No, 25, but I disengaged and moved. Oh, uh, well, disengaged means you get to move without incurring an attack of opportunity. Of course, yeah. I, I would take the attack of opportunities. So you take the attack of opportunity. All right. One of them does make an attack of opportunity on you. The other one heads quickly elsewhere. Let's see here. Ooh, with a 22. Hits. Three points of slashing damage. I laugh. All right, Farron. Indeed, you have dashed now around the corner and you are level with Lhasa. You can see now into the auditorium the quickly dwindling, but nonetheless still present, cold area created by some miracle of magic that has kept the flames at bay and kept this area clear. Bringing us back to the top of the order with Teely. When I originally looked down the center, there were two assassins stood there. Now one has fallen. I'm going to repeat my previous action, but on the one who was standing. Once again, with my hoop pack reloading, I will then have that ghostly sound as I fling it over. That is a dirty 20 to hit. That is a hit. And it is six damage. Six damage. There's another swack as the man grunts. Kinder. Ah. Anything else, Steely? Hearing him say that. Uh, Kender what? I can't... what? And that is my turn. Manto. I am very proud of my best friend Blip and seeing that there appears to be one assassin still in the middle who's, who poses a threat to us both. I am going to shoot at him with the short bow that I picked up. And that is going to be a 16 to hit. 16 is a hit. That is seven points of damage, piercing damage. Seven points of damage is enough as you drop your short sword, quickly drawing an arrow and bringing out the bow and launch an arrow right into the throat of this assassin. He falls dead. Wonderful. I am then going to look around and is the assassin that is downstage left, is that the only one that I see left? There is still one up in the upstage left corner of the stage. Then I am going to stay put. That is my turn. All right. The heat from the burning seats and the rest of the theater is becoming very strong, as is the smoke. You are getting to the point where constitution saving throws will need to be made to avoid having poison <laughs> or complications from inhalation of smoke, but not quite yet. If I was aware of that, I probably have, what, five feet of movement remaining? Five, 10, 15, 20, you have 10 feet remaining. 10 feet of moving? Would getting up on the stage get me away from some of that danger? It would, yes. Okay. As yet, there is no smoke or fire on the stage itself. That is all concentrated in the auditorium. Great. Then I will use that 10 feet of movement to hop up on the stage. You vault up on the stage. It is difficult terrain, so you're able to get to the very edge. To the edge. Right. Thank you. Brings us to Tulian Haxos, who looks at you, Anwir, and nods, opens up the trapdoor with a <laughs> and quickly ushers the boy down the ladder into the undercroft. As he goes down, he leaves the trapdoor open and shouts, 
follow. We'll all be burned alive. And they leave. Blip, it is your turn. Roll an investigation check for me, Blip. Amazing investigation. That beautiful negative one there. That's a 14. 14. Well, you go through his pockets very quickly. You find something that jingle jangles. Not something that you have ever really had much use for, but you know Manto sometimes likes it. Little round pieces of metal. You also find a piece of paper that is folded. Might work pretty well to, I don't know, blow your nose on at some point if you ever feel like you need it. Other than that, his short sword, some arrows, and a short bow. I'm definitely going to take the little round pieces that I think Manto will enjoy. I always have to give him presents, and I will keep the nose tissue. <laughs> All right, excellent. Any movement from you, Blip? As it's starting to get hotter and I can feel my leg hairs singe, I'm going to go, ah, ah, oh, oh, ow. And I will move away from where it's hot. I will go in the direction of Mento. Very good. I think I might have skipped the assassin's turn. Did that happen? No. No, no, no. Yeah, not at all. Pretty sure he did, did that. Nah. A little bit. You might have a little bit. No, don't worry about it. Don't worry about that. It's okay. They are pro Sorry, they're don't worry uh, about particularly that. vulnerable to fire, so they miss an entire <laughs> turn, right? That's how that works. I think I'm going to have the assassins take their turn now, if you don't mind. Wow, cheating much? <laughs> uh, I, for one, do mind. Um. <laughs> I, I totally agree. Hey. I, I vote we don't. This is, we're, not, this, we're not voting on this, people. So, very wounded bandit steadies himself and tries to slash at you, Anuir, with his scimitar. Hitting AC 18. That is a hit. As he swings his sword, you suddenly see superimposed over the scene two deep green eyes that remind you very much of Aranathus. And time suddenly slows. You see the blow coming, you feel it landing, and you feel the cut in your flesh. However, while you are feeling this, you still somehow know that all you need to do is duck your head back, and you will not feel his blow. I will duck my head back accordingly. <laughs> and as a result, this hit was in fact a miss. And in the back, there is an assassin that attacks the guard, who he is successful, he strikes. He slays a guard with one blow and then advances towards the trap door that he saw his quarry go into. That is the end of their turn. Blip, you had your turn. It is now Lassa's turn. I begin to run as fast as I possibly can through the path cleared by my master's magics, making my way towards Anweir, where I say, quickly, we must follow after him. We cannot leave him on his own. But that will be about all I can muster. All right, yes, a dash move. That is it. No bonus action, bringing us to Anweir. Here's a logistical question. Mm -hmm. If I disengage, would that also constitute a disengage from the assassin that is down by the trapdoor, or are those two separate actions? Your movement doesn't provoke opportunity attacks for the rest of the turn. 
I love that for me. Um, <laughs> I'm going to disengage with the assassin that I am engaged with at the edge of the stage, and I am going to run away from him and go directly into the trap door, hopping past the assassin that has just reached it, and I will descend into the depths below. 30 gets you right to the top. Unless you want to leap down, you will still have to use your movement next turn to go down, but you can leap down right now and instantly be at the bottom if that's what you want. Can I see how far down it is quickly? Looks to be about 10 feet. Oh yeah, now I'm gonna leap. All right, so you leap down. Go ahead and roll an acrobatics check for me just to see if you stay on your feet. All righty. That's a 14. You do succeed. You reach out and grab the side of the ladder and slide down into a room at the bottom. It is somewhat dim, but you can see there is a door directly across from the ladder. And there is also a door to your left. Which direction have my friends gone? They are still there. Jarvan, the boy, is huddled in the corner and Tulian is panting by the door directly across from you, listening to it eyes wide with a fearful expression. Would you please, one more time, describe the two doors? There, are, You said there are two door options? There are, yes. There is a door directly across from where you are, and there is a door to your left. The door that Tulian is at is the one directly across from you. I will say loudly so that the assassins above can hear. I will instruct them to go to the door that they are not near vocally, but with my hand, I will gesture for them to exit the door that they are near in an effort to confuse the assassins and misdirect them. We will deal with that later. Understood. But first we will have Farron have your turn. Okay, I follow in Lars's footsteps and I see the frosted path before me. Oh, what is this devilry? And I will follow. Alrighty. No bonus action for Farron, bringing us to Teely. Top of the order. So hear me out. <laughs> Would I be able to sacrifice half of my movement to kneel down and pick something up? Like as I'm moving. Interacting with one object is generally considered a free action. So unless it's something particularly unwieldy, I've got no problem with you running over and grabbing something and then continuing on. I, if the assassin that is fallen behind me, if they have a visible dagger, I would like to pick it up. They don't appear to have a dagger. They have short swords and <laughs> bows and arrows. Is a short sword single-handed? It is. Even for a kender? Even for a kender. Right, okay. It's much larger for you, but it is possible. Okay, I am going to turn around, seeing Anweir jump down this, this hole and an assassin approaching. I am going to turn pick up this short sword and run full charge at the assassin by the trapdoor. And then I'm going to go berserk, hitting him with both the short sword I've picked up and a dagger that I've pulled from my waist pocket. And I'm just gonna be step, 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 step it. <laughs> In order to keep this rules kosher, that would mean that you would have to drop the hoopack. Hmm. 
My baby. <laughs> Tough decisions. My baby. Uh, okay. All right. I will drop it on the dead assassin. Okay. So it's close by. And then... Forgive me. Sorry. I don't have the stats for a short sword. Would you be able to tell me? 1d6 piercing damage is what it does. And it is a light weapon, so that means that despite it being much larger in your hand than it would be for somebody else, it is still wieldable by a kender. Great. All right. So the dagger is a 13 to hit? Uh, that does not hit. It buries itself in the trapdoor that you... And the short sword is a 12 to hit. Both of those miss. I like to think I run over. And as I go to swing both the dagger and the short sword, I misjudged how heavy I would find the short sword, being very, very weak, <laughs> and kind of stumble a little bit and just completely miss him as I'm swaying these things around. Probably also coming to the realization that maybe you're better off just sticking with the hoop hack. Yeah, I'm, I'm realizing that. I'm realizing that. <laughs> nice job. Or, well, actually, no, not a nice job. Sorry. <laughs> Uh-oh. Shady. Sorry. That was me. Regarding the hoop act, do you think that it should be classed as finesse in the Kender's hand? It's not finesse in my sheet. Well, I suppose it is mostly a ranged weapon. So the reason why it doesn't have finesse is because when you use it like a staff, it's being used like a quarter staff which I don't think is a finesse weapon. All right, Teely, that is you done Manto. Is the assassin up by the trap door still trying to get down now that Anweer has, has jumped down into that trap door? You see him looking down, but as Teely comes running at him like a maniac with these two blades, he definitely seems like he's more interested in defending himself from that at the moment. Then I am going to take this opportunity to move forward a bit. So I'm now about center stage. And I am going to, with my crossbow, shoot at this assassin that is still downstage left. <laughs> the one that uh, Anweer escaped from and that is still smoldering from the firebolt from Lhasa. Indeed. Did you say crossbow? I'm oh, sorry, not crossbow, short bow, short bow. Yes. That is going to be 22 to hit. That's a hit. And that is four points of damage. With an arrow through his head, he cannot live. Down he falls. Wonderful. Nice shot. Thank you. I look around. Do I see any other assassins save for the one that Teeley appears to be handling quite effectively? That is the only one you see. Wonderful. Then I am going to use what remaining movement I have to move away from the fire and then shout down, Blip, the fire is getting bigger and hotter. Move when you can. I look up at him. I, I move. See? Good. And I hop up and down on both feet. Um, and I, I, I chuckle a little bit. Uh, and that is my turn. All right. The assassin goes. The assassin tries to pay you back in kind, Teely. He slashes at you with a scimitar, hitting AC 16. Uh, first rude and two it hits. All right. 
Ooh, a bad one. You take five points of slashing damage. Oh no, okay. I just let out, which sounds like a puppy whimper, just... That's how it's done, little piglet. Excuse me? Just just for my next turn, for my knowledge. Is there anything potentially insultable about this man? <laughs> um, it's difficult because so much of his features are covered up. That's enough. I I have already I got it for next turn. I'm ready. Don't you worry. All right, awesome. I hope he lives. Down below, Tulian looks over to you, Anwir, and puts his fingers to his mouth with one finger up, telling you to be quiet. Apparently, he hears something on the other side of the door. That's going to bring us to Blip. I am going to run towards the stage and scramble up over the edge, my little fingernails digging into the wood. You smell something as you do, and it smells like burning rat hair. You look down and see that one of little wisps of hair that's come undone from the rag that you use to keep it out of your face is smoldering a bit. As I am walking towards Manto, I am going to look down in confusion and say, Wow, that that not me. I, I know do that. And I'm going to pat at it. Why it bought me? Manto? Blip, you know fire. That is fire. Blip on fire? What have we talked about? Stop, drop, roll. I give a huge squeal and throw myself to the floor as hard as I can. Arms stretched out above my head and immediately begin rolling back and forth as hard and as fast as I can. Ah! Ah! You are fine, my friend. You are fine. It is out. It is out. (laughs) Very well played. Good work. Indeed. The the very small fire that had started is is completely put out by the timely advice of Manto. Anything else from you, Blip? I will crawl the rest of the way to Manto, panting. I have been in grave danger. All right. Vasa, at the start of your turn, you hear a voice in your head. I have gotten the Imperial family to safety. Be smart. Keep the boy safe. And I will see you again. As always, my master, I will do what I can. The force will be with you. Always. (laughs) Could resist. Sorry. Keep um, that. <clears throat> and now we get a phone call from Disney. Drawing deep on the force that lies within me. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I pull myself up onto the edge of the stage, and following after Onweir's footsteps, I work my way to the edge of this open trap door. And bold as he is, I am not quite as bold. I will still throw myself down that ladder and try my best to recreate what I've seen. All right. So there is an assassin there. Moving in that direction, you feel like you will expose yourself to an attack. Do you wish to do it anyway? I feel I must. Very well. As you leap 
somewhat past and somewhat over this Kender, who earlier this evening regaled you with a song. The assassin slashes out, apparently trying to hit her, but you unfortunately are in the way at the very wrong moment, but he rolls a 12. Does that hit? It ties my AC. However, this seems oddly familiar. This, this kinder, this stage, this man. And he'll roll a six. <laughs> Excellent. In that case, you manage to jump and contort your body in such a way that the blade not only misses you, but goes nowhere near Teely. As you plummet down the ladder, please roll an acrobatics check for me. Well, as nimble as my dashing through the air was, uh, my landing is much less so with a nat one. Uh, you landed on your dark side. Unfortunate. <laughs> I hate it when Schwartz's get tangled. <laughs> you do land prone. However, in my games, uh, the first 10 feet is free. You take no bludgeoning damage from the fall, managing to slow yourself just enough by putting a hand out and hitting the rungs as you fall down bruised but unhurt. Anwir, you manage to barely step out of the way as a green-robed mage of your acquaintance lands at your feet. I will use my movement to help Lhasa up from the prone position, and I will look towards Tulian and put a finger to my lips looking at Lhasa. I'm going to use my bonus action to hide in the shadows. Very well. Can I use that and then hold an action? Yes, you can. Okay, then I will use my bonus action to hide in the shadows. Oh, wow. That is a nat one on my stealth, which uh, translates to a six. But even so, my held action, I'm going to put the short sword down and in one movement, I'm going to reach behind me to grab the bow that is strapped to my back. And as I reach back, my index and middle fingers grab an arrow in the quiver just below the fletching. Oh, before you go any further, I have to remind you that you were disarmed before you were allowed into the theater. Oh, I was disarmed. You can't say that to Anwir. You can say that to anyone else, but you uh, cannot say that to Anwir. I was disarmed. Uh, I was disarm. One disarm. <laughs> okay, in that case, I will do no such thing. Thank you for the reminder, you evil bastard. And I will keep the <laughs> short sword in my hand. And now that I know that I can't do that, I will position myself in front of the door that Tulian heard something from. All right, so you and Tulian are bracing the door. One of you on one side, the other one on the other. My held action is a short sword attack. Understood. Bringing us to Farron. Okay, gingerly tiptoeing, running clumsily down this ice frosty path and moaning along the way oh, I don't know what's worse the smell of burning flesh or the some sort of galley dwarf smell and I look up and see blip oh, great and I will follow in Lars's footsteps I pull myself up on the stage and oh Teely is that you I uh, look back at Farron and go to wave open hand. Nearly drop the dagger, but I catch it before it hits the floor. Oh. <laughs> and 
I'll carry on my movement, and I think I finish there with difficulty. Very good. At the end of your turn, Farron, there is a cracking sound as the plaster on the top of this auditorium heated from the fire begins to crack and you see a large amount of rubble tumble down from the roof, blocking the entrance to the auditorium. The fire is briefly put out there, but then begins to lick around the dust that has been created by this collapse and begins to burn all the brighter. Tilly, it is your turn. All right. I look up at this disgusting person and I scrunch my face up with that angry expression and I keep trying, I try again with the dagger and the short sword. <laughs> um, okay, so the dagger is a 23 to hit. Well, that is certainly a hit. And that is five bludgeoning damage. Bludgeoning damage from the dagger, that's impressive. Oh no, ah! That is five piercing damage. <laughs> Very good. So I used to saying bludgeoning with the poop pack. Right. And the short sword is unfortunately another 12. All right, so the short sword swings wide, but as he lifts a leg to avoid it, he is off balance and you drive your dagger deep into his thigh and he hisses in pain. You know, it's a good thing you wear a mask. Even with it, I can tell you have a face that, I mean, I don't even think your mother loved it, honestly. <laughs> nice, all right. That's gonna bring us to Manto. So far, I see everybody coalescing around this trap door. That's correct? Correct, indeed. Great. I suppose, being the type of person that I am, I will... And this... I'm sorry, this assassin is still not dead. Still not dead. Okay. Well, before I jump down, because it's an action to switch weapons, correct? Or is that a bonus action? It is uh, free action. You can do it once per turn for free. Great. I am going to switch out the short bow for the short sword. Okay. And I am going to attack this assassin. Very well. And that is going to be probably not enough. That is a nine to hit. A nine indeed is a miss. I thought as such. Ugh inferior weapons. My father could make far better. And I will... I will stay put. Really? Well, because I would provoke an attack of opportunity if I move out. He's already used his attack of opportunity. Oh, he has. Wonderful. Yeah, he used it on Lhasa. Great. I'm going to move back here then. <laughs> By the very, very bulky dwarf Baron. You forgot handsome. <laughs> that is going to bring us to the assassin's turn. The assassin slashes at you again, Teely, as he starts to back away. Ooh, Teely. Oh, no. Farron, you see Teely the Kender reel as the assassin brings down his short sword double-handed right into her shoulder. She gasps in pain as a critical hit is rolled. 
She takes six points of slashing damage. I'm down. I'm down. And she falls unconscious and prone and dying. He then steps away, looking like he is going to pass through the curtain and out. Tulian furrows his brows below, looking at you, Anwir. Shaking his head, he mouths, I heard something, but I think it's gone now. Lip. I run the rest of the way to Manto and stand at his side. Where we go? I am not sure, my friend. We are surrounded by many faces that I don't know, but they have been helping. There appears to be someone of great importance that has been taken or gone or down this trap door, but then the assassin runs away. I'm not sure what's going on. Manto, help help me. I I don't know where, where dinner is. Can't be thinking about your stomach now. Get down the hatch. That's where the prince is. I will kneel down and pick Tilly up. I glance over at him. I glance back to Manto. And 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 blip me dinner. My friend, dinner is not what you are thinking. It is the name of her pet. I should have known. Quick, get the latch up. I need to help the kinder. I'll grab her weapon, will you? I hold up my table leg. Here. Not the hoofack. I look around. I point to it. There's another crash from the auditorium as more of the ceiling comes down. I jump down the hatch. Seeing something that I have not seen before, but suspect what it is, we'll grab the hoopack. You pick up a oddly sized staff with a sling on the end of it. And Farron, yes, you pick up Teely, who lolls unconscious in your arms as you leap down with combat being ended here. You're able to move down. I don't need a roll. That just leaves Manto and Blip on the stage as the auditorium burns. Realizing this is probably the only way out, go down this trapdoor. Blip, we must go this way. I fear that our, uh, these others are right. There's no going back the way we came. Blip, Blip, go there. I walk up and not realizing there's a ladder, I walk straight into the hole and plummet to the bottom with a crash. As you do, somewhere in the deep recesses of your mind, you think back the way we came, but this is the way you came. This is going back the way you came. Anyway, that thought is jarred out of your brain as you land on your butt the bottom of the ladder. If combat has ended, I would like to make a perception check to see if I can hear what it is that Tulian heard before. All right. Make a perception check for me, Anwir. Oh, jeez. You know, I think that I am cursed in this game. I rolled a three. That is a total of ten. Do you have inspiration? You have a d6. I do. I don't think this is... Uh, well, you know what? Yeah, I might as well use it since I only have it for ten more minutes. I rolled a one. That's an 11. Listening at the door, 
the panting and the groans from those that have been wounded and those that are standing up from their fall, it's too loud. You can't tell if what you're hearing is coming from inside the room or on the other side of the door. I move to Farron, who's holding the kender. Is she all right? No, she's dying. I lay her down on the floor, and I pull out my griffin wing holy symbol and place it on top of her forehead. Before you do that, Farron, Teely, will you roll me a death-saving throw? Yeah, that's just a d20, right? Correct. Oh, a 19. A 19. All right, so Farron, as you look at her, you see her wound is grievous, but she is still breathing and her face is flushed. I place the griffin wing, holy symbol, upon her head and place my hand on top of it. And I speak the words, Bashith Mahapsati. And a huge glow of white silver light floods out and enters into her body, casting cure wounds for eight back. Very nice. And indeed, as Farron casts this spell, this room is dimly lit, but not dark, as the light from the hatch above is illuminating it pretty well. But when he casts the spell, this light, glorious, this beautiful light, pours out of him, shines down upon the Kender's body, and then spreads out, enveloping you all, as you all get your very first good look at each other in the holy light of true healing power. That brings us to the end of this episode. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Dragonlance, Echoes of Kryn, Dragons of the Hidden Flood. If you would like to know more about us, please visit our website at lawfulstupidrpg.com. We also invite you to join us for our live streaming games at twitch.tv slash lawfulstupidrpg. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Until next time, as Sularus Othmithas, farewell. This has been a Lawful Stupid RPG production.